0: We may finish up verse 19 today. Don't bank on it, but just it's it's a possibility. I was told that I've been four and a half years in this book. Hey, I'm in chapter 5. There's only 6. I think I'm doing pretty good. 18 to 21. Do not get drunk on wine, for this is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to God, even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Father, teach us the spirit that indwells your people. May we understand the seriousness, but Lord, the urgency of being spirit-filled. So, Lord, I am asking They hear you this morning. The spirit of the living God and the power of your holy word knowing that it goes forth and accomplishes exactly what you send it out for. So thank you, Father. In Christ's name. When I was reminded of how long i have been in this, remember when I first started this book? No. That's good. I said that this book is the warp and the woof of evangelical Christianity. And I had a bunch of the same looks I'm getting now. (laughs) And I expressed to you what the warp and the woof was. It's when you make material in a loom, you've got strings that come down this way, and you've got strings that come down this way. And that is it's all tied together. That's what this book is. And the key to this book is the oneness that is in Jesus Christ. We started looking at John 17 this morning, where he prays for us, for you and me. He talks about oneness, but he tells us how to get oneness. And this is what's weird. This is what has happened in the church. Oneness comes from being sanctified by truth your word is truth see for years and years and years I've been told that doctrine divides but according to Jesus's prayer and according to the letter to the church in Ephesus doctrine makes us one okay now we may have arrogance in us that we know what it really says But the truth of the matter is, is if I bow to the scriptures, I will be one with everyone who bows to the scriptures. Okay. One of the things, the greatest things that is missing in the body of Christ today is filled with the spirit. You have some who are scared to death of the spirit because there is so much perversion of him and weird heebie-jeebie liver quiver things going on blamed on the Spirit. And so you have some people who says, I just won't talk about him. And then you've got those who are experiential that everything is to the Spirit. and it's it's. Yeah, I could, sometimes I feel sorry for the Spirit because he gets blamed for everything. And I mean, you can laugh as goofy as a loon, and it was the spirit that did it. And I'm like, you know, and I've I've seen this. My family, both sides of my family, are from the hill country, the coal country of Kentucky and Tennessee, and some West Virginia. And uh, I've seen we at we used to call them holy rollers. They they were kind of entertaining. My grandma, you could sit on her porch, and there was one across the street from me. And they'd jump out the window and go back in the front door and jump out the window. It was kind of funny to sit and watch as a young boy. You're like, wow, man, that's. I didn't know church was so energetic. But uh, I thought, you know, you, you've got unbelievers, me, my brother, and my dad sitting on the porch looking at it thinking, that's not right. But uh, now it's mainstream. It's kind of impressive, actually, and yet I realize that with the perversion that goes on with the Holy Spirit and the business model that the church has embraced, being spirit filled has sort of become blasé. And yet the Apostle Paul here gave us a contrast between how the pagans communed with God, and they do it through intoxication there in verse 18, do not get drunk with wine. But then you also see that he gives a command, be filled with the Spirit. That is what we've been looking at, and we've been looking at the consequences over the last month and a week or something like that. The consequences with ourselves, and we've been looking at this in depth, Because it begins there in verse 19, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. Okay, and I we've looked at it. Who do we sing to? We sing to each other. We speak to each other. Uh, One of the things that, you know, I read that letter from, uh, I think it was Alexander, on reading poetry. It's amazing what the Russians do. There are people who during the course of the week before Sunday worship will write a poem. And then at the end of the message, and there's usually two or three messages, you know, I've preached there, and everybody preaches a minimum of 45 minutes. So you've got almost three hours of preaching the word, and then you conclude, and you know, I I will close with prayer. They don't there. People will stand and pray. Or some people will stand and read a poem that they wrote through the course of the week. It's interesting. Now my Russian isn't good enough to know all of the poetry, so I don't know what son- I don't know what they said, but they s- seemed happy about it. And then once everybody gets done praying or reading poetry, then the pastor closes the service with a prayer. Whoever's the last guy at the pulpit, okay? And it's and it's interesting, but I also know that I have seen spirit-filled lives there in more abundance than I have seen in the United States. It is people who aren't necessarily talented, not necessarily gifted, but they are filled with the Spirit. And, and you know that. I remember preaching a text out of Revelation, and this lady came up weeping after the service. She said, I had been praying I had no understanding of that. And God brought an American here to preach that to me. And she gave me a bag of eggs that her chickens had laid. And I was like, well, that's going to go through customs. <laughs> so, Because the first thing I ask you, have you been near any agriculture when you come back into the country? So anyway, I share these things because in Christianity there should be a joy in our hearts that every once in a while just breaks forth with a song or a melody or a whistle and i don't understand that because i call them grouchy christians because they're just they're just their foreheads are all wrinkled up and And you pray that whatever they've got isn't contagious. Okay? And I keep thinking, I have eternal life. I don't walk off of this planet until God says, come on home. And he says, just be about my task. But he says that to every Christian. How can there not be an immense joy in our hearts with that? I mean, you know, it's just like he hideth me. And, you know, I, I started singing, and I was like, I know this song. I mean, I, it was at my grandma's funeral. That was when I was informed. That, uh, anyway, but I, I, I think about our lives. Some of you came to salvation younger I know that there's been a time in my life where I thought, Lord, if you'd have just saved me earlier, how much grief you would have kept me from inflicting and how much grief I would have avoided. And But then you're like, no, his timing is only correct. It happened exactly when I ended. Not only that, I'm kind of stiff-necked hardhead, and I needed to get... Undivided attention. But it comes forth. We looked at it. How does it come? Singing, speaking to one another, singing, and melody. So uh, we can sing it. We speak to one another. Maybe maybe you want to start writing poetry. You can do it if, if your heart's in a good place. Okay, I don't know. You may be closet Poets. I'm not. But it is from the heart to one another who is a believer unto who. You know, when we get together and we fellowship and we speak to one another, and I'm going to show you here in a minute, when we sing, you know who we're singing to? To God. To God. And music to one another, and they're all praises unto God. We encourage each other. I shared with you last week that to hear you singing, and I hear all of you because you're facing me, and it's a joy. It's a joy. Even when we get one of those songs, you keep your mouth moving. I have no idea what this song is. It is a heart of the redeemed. It's a song of the redeemed. It's overwhelming joy of our salvation. It is released from our hearts and it is done by music. Okay, so now what we're looking at here is what I call the framework. Paul kind of gets a little more specific here. He calls it psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Okay, so when we're singing, we just don't just blah 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 blah. Okay, that's la la leo. Oh, that's uh, speaking to one another. Psalms is reference to the Old Testament. Somewhat, I read and I I forgot who it was. I wrote it down in my notes, but I can't remember who said it. He says the Psalms are anthems to God. Oh, wow, that's cool. These smart people, I read a lot of smart people. Don't you guys ever worry about me coming up with something like that? Okay, Luke uses it in his gospel and Acts, and he refers to the Psalms, the Old Testament Psalms. But what I want you to know here is that the main focus of this, listen, a long time ago, the church lost this to sing the Psalms. Uh, If you look in our hymnals, we do have the 23rd Psalm. Uh, Maybe we'll learn that next week. Okay, but we have lost this. I did hear a song one time, the Lord's Prayer was sung, but that's not a psalm, Okay, I think the reason that the church lost this, this is purely my opinion, okay, is because of copyrights. You can't copyright the psalms. Okay. But why do we have, what is that thing? C-C-L-I license. Why is that? We have to pay a license fee to sing from our hymnals. But these songs were given to me by God. Then why are you getting copyrights on it? Okay. Psalms, if you look at psalms... It's basically speak to the nature and the work of God. Okay, so when you start... Think about singing a psalm. Think of it is praising and exalting the nature and the work of God. Okay, now remember, many hymns are like the new psalms. There's a a, a writer back in Pennsylvania... Actually, he's in heaven, but he used to teach in Pennsylvania, uh, Jim Boyce. And he wrote some amazing hymns, but he was a theologian. And most of his stuff was pointed at the nature and the work of God. They are lifting up and glorifying God. A lot of our hymns do that. They praise his nature. They praise his work, his attributes. They are songs of praise. This is used a lot with the work of Jesus Christ. There is a couple here. I'll give you a couple of instances here of of things like this. In, uh, where am I? Colossians 1. Colossians 1, verses... Uh, 15 to 20. Many theologians believe that this was a hymn and that Paul wrote it down and at some point in time it became a song for the church. Let me read it to you. He is the image of the invisible God the firstborn of all of creation, for by Him all things were created, both in heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Him for Him. He is before all things, and all things are held together. He is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning. The firstborn from the dead. So that he himself will come to the first place in everything. For it was the father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him. And through him to reconcile all the things to himself. I say whether things on earth or things in heaven. That'd be a good hymn, though. Huh? That'd be a good hymn? The image of the invisible God. Many believe that that's what Paul was writing was first hymn. And the early church were praises unto Christ Jesus. Also in Philippians chapter 2, 5 to 11. Have this attitude in yourselves which was also in Christ Jesus, although he existed in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God as a thing to be grasped. Okay? But he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, being made in the likeness of men, being found in the appearance of a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name which is above every name so that the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will confess Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Okay, so you see two texts that many theologians believe were hymns, and they were given and pointed unto Christ. That's what a hymn and or a psalm would be. Okay? So if you think about it, there is a difference between a hymn and a psalm. The psalm is the character and work of God. The hymns were to the work of Christ in redemption. Both of those that I just gave you out of Colossians and Philippians were of Christ's work in redemption. Okay, but there's other ones. He says here in Ephesians, spiritual songs. Okay, these are testimonies. All right, they're um, songs about spiritual things. A spiritual song that you could think of is a testimony about a spiritual song. Right off the top of my head, 23rd Psalm. That's a spiritual song. Why? Listen to the words. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He, see what I mean? This is a testimony about what God planned and Jesus fulfilled. Uh, another one that you could more up to date actually was written by Martin Luther but that's a minor problem a mighty fortress is our God right that is a testimony okay how about the old rugged cross what Christ has done for me that is the redemptive work of God spiritual song how he loves you and me Or, I'd rather have Jesus. Personal response of testimony. That's spiritual songs. Okay, so we have psalms, which is the character, nature, work of God. We have hymns, which is the redemptive work of Christ. We have spiritual songs, which is testimonies of the amazing things that God has done for the individual. All of this, please is an expression of the spirit-filled heart. Okay? Whether it is, and I did this last week, whether it is played on an instrument or whether it is sung. If the heart is right, guess what? It pleases God. The heart is right. When you are spirit-filled, there will be a joy that breaks forth in song. And if you come together with a body of redeemed people, a gathering, a congregation, a group of redeemed people, then that joy of salvation, of redemption, will be even louder and greater praise unto, to God. To God. Breaks forth in music. It's, uh Paige plays uh music while we're waiting on the Lord's table. Dane plays music. I've got a new CD, you need to check out. Uh, a lady I met up in uh, Illinois plays the harp. One of them big, big things. And she sent me a CD. I'm like, yeah. Now, and I mean, I some of it I know because I, I know that song. But anyway. But I, it's... You, you listen to where music is in the body of Christ. Now listen. I agree there's a lot of counterfeit. All right? Christian music right now between you and me and him is a mess. All right? Many are just in it for the money. Okay? And I fear, in many cases, they're just using Jesus' name to get famous. I have read multiple articles that if I name their names, you've heard them. And they were wanting to be the first Christian artist to cross over into pop. Okay? Because if I cross over into pop, I can reach more. Okay? That's our market right now. I have a dear friend. He played the piano here and preached. I preached with him in Memphis one time, and he had his sermon. It was really cool. It moved up and down on his phone, and it has notes with insert and all the rest of it. And about halfway through, he says, Anybody got a Bible? My battery died. <laughs> you guys and your technology. But anyway, he uh, he lost his wife because of, quote-unquote, crossover music. He's still preaching. He's still writing music. Does a phenomenal job. But there are stuff like this that we have to be attentive to. When you are Spirit-filled, you are singing from your heart to the Lord, praise and thanksgiving. I'm not sure, I wonder how many are singing whose hearts are not right. I'm talking Christian artists. Okay, I'm not, I know what the world does, I'm, okay, I got that figured out. But how many Christian artists don't have their heart right? But this is their job. But then they'll tell you, but this is my what? Ministry. Really? What Bible verse do you condone that with? It's just question. Listen, you guys know me. You guys have known me for a while. You know I love music. Okay? I don't like counterfeits, though. Many are writing... Songs, and they're unbiblical. Many are writing thoughts that are not biblical. Many are writing a theology and music that is not biblical. Music, our music that is supposed to be the new song of the redeemed is expressions of the world. Go read some of the lyrics. I've read them. You sit there and go, "Whoa, Janis Joplin would be proud of that." <laughs> I mean, that's that's better than Bobby. Me and Bobby McGee. It reminds me of Simon the magician. I was trying to pay for the, to get the Holy Spirit for personal gain. And that you know, I hate to say it that bluntly, but. Most of you who've known me for a while said, "But you've always been blunt." But as disgusting as some of it is, and as disturbing as some of it is, you know, I had a conversation this week. A guy who's been in this church a whole bunch of times, I run into him, and we were talking, and he says, uh, "He said, Man, you know, I found a a church. Me and his, him and his wife are going to.'" And he says. Boy, I mean, their music is, it's hard hitting rock and roll. He said, it's kind of a, it's a combination of Metallica. And I'm sitting there going, guess you ain't listening to my messages online, are you? <laughs> but that's what it is. How many people are going to church today in Castle Rock for entertainment? See what I mean? But here's what I take hope in. Some people have called me a tigger. Sometimes I'm a tigger. Sometimes. Listen. There is real music out there. Okay? If you wanted to call it contemporary. Okay? But the melodies will be to the glory of the risen king. The words will be to the glory of the risen king. And the words will also be theologically correct. But what I've learned in my life is that people don't counterfeit things that are of no value. You do not hear a counterfeiter making $1 bills. Okay? They want something of value. So if they're counterfeiting God-glorifying music, then we know that it is of value. So if there's a counterfeit out out there, and I would say that a very large portion of it is, then know this. There is real out there too. I mean, uh, very real. I read some music, and I got a CD of it. The guy would take verses... Okay, and he would write lyrics to that verse. Now, he would have other people sing it, different people singing on the CD. You know who the author is? A guy named Robert Zimmerman, Bob Dylan. But he would take Bible verses. They tell me he's become a believer in Jesus Christ. And you're like, well, whatever. I've got the CD. And each song has a little title on it, but it has the text that the song is about. And you sit there and go, what's wrong with this picture? But like I said, he didn't sing on it. Because I mean, he can't sing, never mind. But that, that's a whole different story. So let us sing real music out of spirit-filled hearts. And we we really need to do this. This is very crucial. Okay, and I'm going to, Wrap this whole section of consequences up with this. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 12. Now, the beginning of this thing is the exaltation of Christ. Okay, and here's what it says. Saying, verse 12, I will proclaim your name to my brethren. Okay. Now you really got to get the nouns and pronouns right here. Okay. I is Jesus Christ will proclaim your name, which is God the Father, to who? My brethren. You know who that is? That'd be us or weans, whichever one you want. In the midst of the congregation, What does it say? I will sing your praise. And again, I will put my trust in him. Jesus will put his trust in the father and behold, I, Jesus, and the children whom God has given me. All right. This is Jesus Christ to the Father. Okay, if you take the book of Hebrews and you want to condense it really quick, it is our great high priest. Okay, and the great high priest takes the people to God. And that's what Hebrews is. All right, what he's saying here is that my children I have given, okay, And they have received in such a way that in the congregation I will sing your praise. Who's doing the singing in tomb? Jesus, Jesus Christ is singing to the Father. Now, let me ask you a question. It's going to be hard now. I'm not going to give you any soft answers. Is Jesus spirit filled? And he is singing to the Lord. But then look at what it says. Behold, I and the children whom God has given me. He himself likewise partook of the same. Speaking of flesh and blood. I have proclaimed your name to my brethren. In the midst of the congregation, I will sing your praise. I will put my trust in Him. Behold, I and the children whom God has given me. Okay, now first and foremost about this, this would be the greatest soloist ever, right? I mean, if Jesus is doing a solo, okay. But He also says, "In the midst of who? The congregation." My heart is filled with the spirit, Jesus said, in the midst of where. Oh. What would that be today? The church. So when the church is spirit filled, it is Jesus Christ singing unto God the Father. That should be motive to be spirit-filled. Let me show you something else. I've been wandering around. See, you leave me alone. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, 12 and following. I want to show you something here. For when I came to Troas for the gospel of Christ, there was a door open for me in the Lord. Okay, you know what that means? Paul's got a door open for the gospel had no rest in my spirit, not finding Titus, my brother, and making my leave of them, I went on to Macedonia. What? A door opened for the gospel? And he walked away from it. Because why? No rest in his spirit. But look what he says now. Thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumph in Christ. And manifest through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. For we are the fragrance of Christ to God among those being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one an aroma death to death. To the other aroma of life to life. Who is adequate for such things? Okay, let me explain that. A door was open for the gospel. Paul bailed on it. Went on to Macedonia. Okay. You know what that is, right? That's disobedience. But then he refers back and says, but God leads us in what? The triumph. And if you look at Roman history, you'll find that's a big stinking parade. Okay. And it's a huge parade when there's absolutely obliteration of your opponent and I don't have to leave a garrison there anymore. Then the general gets what is called a triumph, because that has been so defeated. I don't have to worry about it no more. But if you look at this thing, this parade goes through the streets of Rome, and in the beginning of the group is politicians. See, things don't ever change. But in the beginning is the politicians. After that is the priest. And the priest, okay, polytheistic. They've got incense things and they got all this stuff. And, and, I mean, I'm talking huge bowls of incense and it's burning. The whole city would smell of this incense. And then they would have the priestesses would be throwing flower petals down. If you crush a flower petal, what does it do? It gets, ooh, smelled it. Right? You know what's next after the priests and priestesses? The prisoners. They're smelling the incense. They're smelling the flowers. And they ain't happy about it. After that is the military. They're smelling the incense. They're smelling the flowers. And they are happy about that. And then the last one in the group is the general who destroyed the opponent. That's the term that is used here. That Christ leads us in the triumph. Okay. So no matter where you're at. Christ leads the triumph. The victory parade. Okay. At the end of it will be Jesus himself. But what we do. Is the aroma of Christ. Christ. When we are spirit-filled, whether we are preaching the word, whether we are living the word, whether we are singing the word, or whether we are praising God or praying to God, we are the aroma of who? Christ. When we sing in Hebrews, guess what? We sing as Christ. And he makes a statement here that we are the aroma of life to the living and death to the dying. There are some people when we sing. Mm-hmm-hmm. There's other people who join in. I remember we used to, until COVID, we would go up to the care center. And you'd see some of these people that didn't even look like they, I mean, they'd be sitting in a chair and they're just, blank stares they can't see nothing all the rest of them. you start singing some of these old hymns and all of a sudden you see these people start singing and you're sitting there going wow okay because when we sing from a spirit filled heart to one another and to the Lord it is as Christ it is as Christ. Jesus singing his praises to the Father through us. It's another way God has chosen to use us as a channel for Christ to do his work. Can you imagine that when we are singing together, the Father looks down, sees Castle Rock Baptist Church and says, they sound like my son. Listen, there are a few things that I'm adamantly positive of. One is, I know Christ loves the Father, okay? And he would sing to the Father's praises from the beginning of eternity, to the end of eternity. I'll try to let that set in for a second. Okay, when did eternity start? Christ would praise the Father at all times. And I think about the letter of Hebrews. He is a great high priest seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession on behalf of each and every one of us as he's singing to Daddy through the church. Hmm. And he says, I will sing that praise for my Father through your people you have given me. As we are filled with the Spirit, that joy grows. You ever notice that? We offer our songs in praise and thanks. And as we sing out of the joy of our hearts, we will start finding out all of a sudden it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and we become, as some unbelievers in my life have said, intolerable. Look, it's a living reality of Jesus Christ singing through us when we are spirit-filled. We're not trying to bring attention to me. You know, I've heard some people, they've seen that they they believe if they sing louder, uh, whatever. I don't know what they think it is. Some people, when they sing louder, it's like, oh, that's, that's beautiful. Some people, you're like, ho, oh, oh, ho, oh, ho, what was that? Somebody just choked a cat. Well, I have. I've heard it. Stephanie knows who I'm talking about. <laughs> don't tell Don't. No, it ain't her. It ain't her. We... We had a group that was meeting in here and one of them was like, Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> there's joy there and there's serious noise. Oh, but I don't know if it's joyful noise, <laughs> but it was, oh, it was awful. And it was loud. It was, you know, it was loud. It was above everybody else's. But I want us to think as we close this, do you realize when I'm spirit filled and you're spirit filled, Our hearts are so overwhelmed with our redemption that we sing in a unison that God hears Christ singing praises unto Him. That is the reality of Jesus Christ singing through us. Wrap your head around that. Now then, I will close with the negative side of it real quick. Remember I told you? You can quench the Spirit and you can grieve the Spirit, right? When I was dealing with every believer's spirit filled or indwelled by the Spirit. But we can quench Him or we can grieve Him, okay? Do you realize that if you quench the Spirit, that you quench the sound of Christ to the Father? Do you realize that when you grieve the Spirit, You grieve the sound of Christ to the Father? Let us be spirit-filled. Okay? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Uh, Thank you for the ability to sing. Lord, I know that some are, are very, very good. Father, I know that there are others, maybe not so much. Father, I pray whether we are very good and talented or whether we are not so much, that we are spirit-filled and that that song, that song of thanksgiving, that song of praise, whether it be a psalm unto you, Lord, a hymn unto Jesus, Lord, or a spiritual song of testimony to you, Father. May it be the sweet, sweet, sweet aroma of Christ unto you. And may your ears hear your Son through his congregation. In Christ's name, amen.